This podcast is sponsored by Blue Butterfly, the go-to cocktail bar and place to meet on Earl Street, Maidstone. Bluebutterfly.co.uk. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay on Friday, September the 10th. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. And we're going to start with the absolutely incredible performance by Kent's Emma Raducanu in the semi-finals of the US Open Tennis. The 18-year-old from Bromley beat 17th seed Maria Sakari in straight sets overnight, and it makes her the first qualifier to reach the final of any Grand Slam. This is what she had to say after the game. I honestly, I just can't believe it. Um, a shock, um, like crazy, uh, all of the above. But yeah, it means a lot to be here in this situation. I I wanted obviously to be like be playing Grand Slams, but I didn't know how soon that would be. And uh, to be in a Grand Slam final at this stage in my career, I yeah, I have no words, but yeah, I just want to thank everyone who who has supported me in in this journey. Honestly, I think I played some of my best tennis today, especially here in New York. Um yeah, I I knew that it I was going to have to be super aggressive and I managed to execute. So, um, yeah, I'm just really happy with today's performance. The Duchess of Cambridge says it's an incredible achievement. Kate tweeted to wish Emma luck for tomorrow's showdown. She'll face fellow teen Leila Fernandez of Canada at Flushing Meadows. Matt James used to coach Emma and says he's thrilled for her. Yeah, immensely proud. Proud of everyone that's been part of her journey from, you know, coaches as she was growing up to obviously the LTA that have supported her uh, throughout this whole time and... Um, yeah, obviously I got to spend a, a good two years with her, which was nice, but um, yeah, it's quite incredible what she's done. Some of those records are reeling off and yeah, to be British number one and you know, top 30 or 30 in the world now is, is unbelievable. We knew the tennis was in there. Um, yeah, like I said, the LTA, we've seen her kind of track through the, the pathway and she's been part of the pro scholarship program now for sort of three years, which is helping those players, aspiring young players to kind of break into the top 100. Um, it's a five-year program to help kind of financially and help with coaches and kind of world, world-class facilities at the NTC. But to really catapult her way through is, is probably more of a surprise because we knew she was good. She's, you know, she's won some tournaments when she was under 18. She's top 20 in the world after six events. She didn't compete that much because of school. And so, yeah, we were probably waiting for a breakthrough, but almost didn't think it'd be this quick after finishing A-levels and probably this high so soon i did see her at junior wimbledon in the in the quarters um and just the way she was playing it was different to a lot of the girls and you know really sticking to kind of her game style and and going after the shots and it it always takes a really good player to to beat her but um yeah it didn't take long from kind of working with her to realize she just picks things up so quickly she's such a bright girl and extremely extremely determined and gritty and um you know doesn't want to get things wrong she'll stay out there as long as it takes and that's the the attitude you want so those things combined with you know her talent is is quite a dangerous combination so um but like i said you couldn't have predicted this probably but we knew she was gonna break through kind of at some point because she was beating girls top 50 in practice when we set it up with her so you knew that the level was there um but yeah, it's interesting that, you know, not many people really in the sort of British public had seen her until Wimbledon. Now she's British number one. She's obviously smiling her way through the tournament. And, you know, it's probably a little bit easier when she's the qualifier and always the underdog. And um, But yeah, she's loving, obviously, the three weeks out there. But in terms of her 
her mindset. She's always, whatever the event, however big it is, she's a competitive player. So you see that tunnel vision almost in the, on the match court where it's, you know, everything counts, that she tries not to give anything away in terms of body language and, you know, you don't see her with poor behaviour and things like that on the match court. And, you know, she really tries to squeeze everything out that she can and, and not show any sort of weakness. Well, the final happens at around nine tomorrow night, UK time. We will have details of the result on Kent Online and you can hear reaction in bulletins on our sister radio station, KMFM, from eight on Sunday morning. Kent Online News. Other top stories now and a man has died following a light aircraft crash near Ashford. The plane he was in came down in a field off Tarpot Lane this morning. What we know so far is that police were called just before 10am following a report of a concern for a missing aircraft. The discovery was made and the man was declared dead at the scene. Officers are now liaising with the air accident investigation branch. The Kent Online podcast has been told the idea of turning asylum seeker boats around in the channel in a bid to prevent them getting to Kent won't work. The Home Secretary has given the go-ahead to the new tactic known as pushback, despite claims from France that it would break international law. Pretty Patel has vowed to get tough on the problem, but it's feared this move will be dangerous. Kevin Mills is a Labour councillor in Dover and he's also branch secretary of the Home Office Group at the Public and Commercial Services Union. In reality, the chances of ever being able to turn a boat round are exceptionally exceptionally thin and I understand today she's now come out and said you know she will make the personal decision on whether it's going to be turned around or not so you know I hope she doesn't want to get a lot of sleep um if we have perfect scenario because of you know the 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 skippers the coast guard agency or whoever's going to actually control it will be phoning up quite a lot um for authorization to do it but I think the, the real difficulty is with with the migrant crossings is that you know maritime law over or acetates over a lot of other law and you know we can't forcibly remove a vessel so all we can do is turn it around well you know we could turn a vessel around and then we back off at which point that vessel turns around again and starts coming back to the uk Um, and after possibly the second or third attempt just tied up our entire resource all day they then say we haven't got adequate fuel to get back to france and we have no option but to rescue them because you know you have to rescue anything in distress so you know is that vessel seaworthy has it got adequate fuel to get safely back to france is there anybody on there that's suffering from distress are there any minors on board are there any babies on board are there any pregnant women on board and the list goes on and on and on so you know the reality of creating the perfect scenario whereby we can turn them around I think is exceptionally slim. Bridget Chapman is from the Kent Refugee Action Network who'd like to see asylum seekers offered a safe route here. People have a right to seek asylum in a country of their choosing. I understand that some people don't like that but that it's a fact and it's been legally challenged and found that people are able to choose. This isn't France's issue. France takes three times as many asylum seekers as the UK does. There is a small number of people that want to come to the UK. They didn't want to leave their homes in the first place, but having left, they've come to somewhere where they think they can rebuild their lives and contribute. 
Well, Kevin and Bridget were both on the lowdown on our Facebook Live last night and you can head to our socials to watch the programme in full. Meantime, authorities in Kent have confirmed they'll resume taking unaccompanied asylum-seeking children. But the county councils warned the current numbers of people arriving means it'll be unlikely it can safely accommodate all young refugees. The council leader says they're in very advanced talks with the Home Office to come up with safe and sustainable solutions. A court said a Margate funeral parlour worker was sacked after throwing a health and safety manual at his boss. The Gore Brothers employee chucked it after twisting his knee on a loose tile, one of 23 accidents at the branch in three years. The firm's been fined £4,000 after failing to fulfil general health and safety duties to employees after complaints by members of staff. A couple near Dartford have been hit with a £2,400 water bill after being charged for their neighbours as well. Russell and Diane Attry, who rent a property on Charles Street in Greenhithe, paid the money as they thought they must owe it to Thames Water. An engineer later discovered the problem was with their meter. The company say they'll backdate the bills and have offered a one-off payment as an apology. The Kent Online Podcast with Blue Butterfly, Earl Street, Maidstone. The family of a man who was found dead after going missing on Romney Marsh have thanked emergency crews and volunteers who helped to look for him. 68-year-old Wayne Leopard's body was found after he disappeared last week. Police say there were no suspicious circumstances. A teenage cyclist has been seriously injured in a hit-and-run crash near Maidstone. The 19-year-old was treated in hospital following the collision on Yeoman Lane in Bearstead on Tuesday. Police are looking for the driver of a silver Mercedes which failed to stop at the scene. Prince William has praised firefighters and paramedics who saved a little girl's life in Medway. Five-year-old Lila Page collapsed and stopped breathing at the railway pub in Raynham last March. Luckily, three emergency workers were there off duty and helped treat her until an ambulance arrived. It turns out she has a heart condition. They were all reunited and met the Duke of Cambridge at an event to mark Emergency Service Day. Young people in Kent who are active on TikTok are being encouraged to consider joining the creative industries as a festival featuring talks from the likes of actor Simon Pegg gets underway. UK Creative has a series of workshops and panels at Margate's Dreamland over the next few days. Jeremy Green is the founder and says it's a chance for youngsters to see what opportunities are out there. A lot of these kids don't yet realise that what they're doing on TikTok or on any of these creative apps is a, a potentially a pathway to a career. It's the, it's the early start. If they're excited by what they're doing there, an example being um, I, I, a couple of years ago, I was shown, shown some trap videos. I don't know if you're familiar with what these are. They're predominantly postcode uh, uh, gangs creating their own version of a rap video. Um, but when I watched these, the actual production of it was quite, quite clever. And whoever was doing this had no fundamental training. It was just a, that they'd watched and seen what others had done and been able to mimic it, prove it. And it's talented kids like that that we want to get down to the festival. Whatever they're doing creatively, they don't have to have done a trap video. But whatever they're doing creatively, get down to the festival We've got loads of people here ready to help them and advise them. We've populated the advisors to be those in the industry that have been employed in the last three years so that their pathway they've trodden to a a job is still fresh. Uh, So they're in a much better opportunity to advise 
the young attending kids. Because I'm sure the young attending kids don't want to hear from some 40-year-old or even 50-year-old CEO that's so long in the tooth. The pathway is so overgrown that how would they advise these kids how to do it? So that's what the, set the festival mo in motion. Uh, I then realized to uh, uh, make it more financially possible, I would have to do a, a creative festival that inspired uh, and uh, disrupted the creative community in the UK. So hence why we've got wonderful speakers like Simon Pegg being interviewed by Nils Leonard, we have Vicky Maguire, Chaka Sabani. I'm going to get in trouble now because I'm going to forget one. And there are so many. Um, but we've been so well supported. Um, and I'm really excited about what we're achieving. Kent Online reports. Don't forget, part of the A2 is going to be closed this weekend again for resurfacing works. It'll be shut London bound from 8 this evening until 6 on Monday morning between the Canterbury junctions for the A28 and the M2 turn off at Brenley Corner. Diversion routes will be enforced with more closures in the same area over the next five weekends. An auction of elephant sculptures that were on display around Maidstone this summer has raised an impressive 300000 pounds for charity. The decorated Elmers were part of an art trail around the town. 51 of them were sold off last night with the money going to the heart of Kent Hospice in Aylesford. After a break because of the pandemic last year, the Medway Mile is back later. Hundreds of people will be taking part in the family event in Rochester, as well as races for adults, children and mascots. There'll also be free activities, inflatables and even a pop-up COVID vaccination clinic. Jax Jones and Joel Corey have been on our sister radio station KMFM chatting about their new single Out Out. They were on the hit list with Emma Jo last night. It's the opposite of being in in which is yes. what everyone was saying over lockdown and I <laughs> guess it's just a testament to those best nights where perhaps they're a bit more impromptu do you know what I mean? You're just hanging out with some mates and you say do you know what are we going out? Are we going out out tonight? And it's basically yeah. about the best night ever. Yes the best nights are always the spontaneous ones for sure. It must have been so lovely Joel the fact that you guys could actually be in a studio together you've been spending a lot of time with each other obviously has Jax persuaded you to wear one of his iconic fluffy hats oh my god I actually tried on one of the hats the other day and uh did you so, I forgot my end story and someone wrote back it's uh this is Joel Jones isn't it <laughs> um, amazing no it's honestly no it's been an absolute dream for me to work with Jax on this record um you know Jax was a massive inspiration for me as I was trying to break through um I used to like reference a lot of his records and always been a fan of his so you know, I supported him on his tour as well, which was a big moment for me. So for now, to have a record out together and be on this journey is, uh, I just feel so buzzing and grateful for it and excited that we're doing it together. And Joel, obviously you've been in Ibiza because as you mentioned when we were chatting before we came on air, you've got a little residency going on, which is just super cool. But what was the first thing you did when you went out-out for the first time after the pandemic? Oh my God, my first out-out night was uh, when England, unfortunately... Uh, lost in the Euros final. No! How can you go out, out after that? I know, I know. But you know what? It was the first night of my residency in Ibiza too. So it was quite a special occasion. 
I mean, it was the perfect night apart from England losing. <laughs> if you missed it, you can hear the full thing at kmfm.co.uk. Pride is back in Canterbury tomorrow. It had to take a break last year because of Covid, but returns to Dane John Gardens with a parade through the High Street too. Five will be headlining and there'll be appearances from Cheryl Hole of RuPaul's Drag Race UK. And Strictly head judge Shirley Ballas is going to star in a Kent Panto this Christmas. She'll play the Wicked Queen in Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs at the Assembly Hall Theatre in Tunbridge Wells. Tickets will go on sale next Friday. Kent Online Sport. Football and Gillingham travel to Burton Albion this weekend, looking to get their season back on track. They've only won one of their five games so far and are down in 17th in the League One table. But they've got new striker Charlie Kelman in the squad now and forward Alex McDonald says he's a good addition. He's a great signing, I believe. I've seen him in training, training numerous times now. He, he had... Um... I think we had glimpses of what he's about on Tuesday night at Colchester. He's clever, he's mature, he's, he plays a bit more mature than his age suggests. Um, he's got that Rooney-type figure um, and he's, he, he certainly settled in really well. And, you know, as, as have all the signings, I mean, I think I spoke about it last year, how much of a, a welcoming group we are to, to any of the new signings and, you know, especially some of the lads that have moved down and moved away from families, etc. We, we try and make them feel part of it from day one and we have done that with Charlie and all the rest of the lads. So... The group's um, the group's a, a real tight knit group, and, it, and, it, and it's a group that's that's starving to, to start striving up this up this league table. You know, the first the first couple of games have been um, frustrating, frustrating, I'd say. So it's you know we've had a, a lot of injuries, we've had people missing, and you know that's that's all behind us now. We've got a, we've got a clean, well near enough clean slate of health. So uh, we're certainly looking forward to, to going into to Saturday, which is a, a tough fixture at Burton. Always like going back to former clubs. Um, you know, I had a, a really successful spell at Burton. Worked under some some great managers. Worked under Jimmy before I left, and it was, you know, it was a it was a big learning curve working under him and and, and the way he plays. He's he's a fantastic coach and a fantastic man. So apart from Saturday, I wish him really well. Um, but uh, this Saturday is a, is going to be a real tough away game, but one that we're really looking forward to, and we believe that. If we put our own stamp on the game, then we can hopefully come away from there with a positive result. But now being currently up in third place in League One, kickoff tomorrow is at three, and you can follow the match action as it happens at kentonline.co.uk. Well, that's all for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Plus, you can subscribe to the IM News app. That will give you access to all KM Group newspapers. To do it, just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. Hope you have a a fantastic weekend. We'll be back on Monday. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Blue Butterfly, the go-to cocktail bar and place to meet on Earl Street, Maidstone. Bluebutterfly.co.uk.